Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosen, and welcome to episode 208 of the Xbox and 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all earn an Xbox-related fun fact together. This show is on YouTube and podcast services around the world, so please do me a favor, subscribe to your favorite, but then leave a review. Leave a review on whatever podcast service you use, preferably Apple Podcasts, will significantly help this show grow, and I appreciate that very much. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's talk game releases. The big game out last week was LEGO 2K Drive, and the games coming out this week include Eternia Noctis Pits of the Damned, Convergence A League of Legends Stories, Star Trek Resurgence, Wobble Dogs Console Edition, Warhammer 40,000 Bolt Gun, Planet of Lana, Torinto, Kingdom Rush Origins, Protodroid Delta, Cassette Beasts, Railway Empire 2, Evil Wizard, Batboy, One Piece Odyssey Reunion of Memories, The Lord of the Rings Gollum, finally, Chronicles of Two Heroes, Ambaratsu's Wrath, Onigo Hunter, Miracle Snack Shop, Home Sheet Home, Farmageddon Party Edition, and Pirate's Pinball. Coming soon, or available now to Xbox Game Pass, is as follows. You can now play FIFA 23 on console and PC, Eastern Exorcist on console and PC, Ghost Lore on console, then on May 23rd you can play Planet of Lana on console and PC, on May 25th you can play Cassette Beasts on console, Massive Chalice on cloud and console, and Railway Empire 2 on cloud console and PC, then May 30th, Chicory, A Colorful Tale on console and PC Game Pass. Now into last week's biggest news stories and we have five to cover this week. Number one. Xbox debuts PC games to NVIDIA GeForce Now, members beginning today. Sarah Bond over the Xbox Wire writes, We are thrilled to share that starting today, NVIDIA GeForce Now cloud gaming members in the UK, the US, the European Union, and around the world can stream Gears 5, and on May 25th we'll be able to enjoy fan favorites Deathloop, Grounded, and Pentiment. This is just the beginning stage of our forward-thinking 10-year partnership with NVIDIA to make PC games from Xbox Game Studios and Bethesda available to their GeForce Now members. Together, we are accelerating access to players around the globe by letting them choose how and when they game. The initial slate of launch games spans our catalog, providing players high-quality immersive titles with a little something for everyone, single-player campaigns, story-driven experiences, and opportunities to play with friends and family through multiplayer. Following this initial release, we'll continue to add more content from our portfolio on a regular basis to ensure players can always find a new and exciting game. News and release dates will be shared via GFN Thursday updates. Members will be able to stream PC hits from Xbox Game Studios and Bethesda Purchase through Steam or Epic Game Store for eligible games on PC, Mac, Shield TV, and Android devices, or by visiting play.geforcenow on Chromebook and iOS Safari. Our teams are also working to bring support for games purchased through the Microsoft Store in the coming months. This is the first in a series of partnerships we are activating to make our PC games available to players globally through a variety of cloud gaming services starting with NVIDIA GeForce Now, and with Boosteroid, Ubitus, EE, and NWare in the future. We remain committed to releasing current titles from Xbox Game Studios and Bethesda and future Activision Blizzard PC games once Microsoft's acquisition closes. Delivering our content through more partners and cloud gaming services put players at the center, empowering them to play the games they want with the people they want on the devices they want. NVIDIA has been an outstanding partner for Team Xbox over the years, and we can't wait to see their devoted fans discover and play their next favorite PC games from Xbox. This is awesome news, it's good to give those players the options they want to play the games, how they want to play it on the devices they want, Xbox's old line is old as time now, but there's a clear message in here, and you gotta love the confidence, quote, future Activision Blizzard PC games once Microsoft's acquisition closes, end quote. It seemed like these partnerships were going to go through once the deal closes, but they are opening up now with NVIDIA GeForce Now. 
certainly doesn't hurt as they try to push this deal over the finish line. Speaking of the deal, number two, 37 countries have now approved Microsoft's deal to buy Activision Blizzard. Eddie Makic at GameSpot writes, Microsoft's proposed deal to Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion has now been cleared in yet another country. China's State Administration for Market Regulation has given the green light to the buyout, becoming the 37th country around the world to sign off. Quote, China's unconditional clearance of our acquisition of Activision Blizzard follows clearance decisions from jurisdictions such as European Union and Japan, bringing the total to 37 countries representing more than 2 billion people, end quote. Microsoft said in a statement from Tom Warren of The Verge, Quote, the acquisition combined with our recent commitments to the European Commission will empower consumers around the world to play more games on more devices, end quote. The European Union cleared the deal earlier in May, a move that was expected. What Microsoft was not expecting, though, was how the UK's Competition and Markets Authority blocked the buyout over concerns around the cloud gaming market. Microsoft and Activision Blizzard are appealing that decision, and Activision Blizzard has hired the lawyer who represented the Queen and Princess Diana. Microsoft's gaming CEO Phil Spencer has said the company does not need to acquire Activision Blizzard to deliver on its ambitions in the gaming space, but doing so would accelerate those plans. Other places that have approved Microsoft's deal include the aforementioned Japan and EU, as well as Saudi Arabia, Brazil, Serbia, and South Africa, among others. In addition to the appeals process in the UK, Microsoft still needs to get approval in the US by the Federal Trade Commission. A hearing is set for early August 2023. The $68.7 billion that Microsoft is proposing to pay for Activision Blizzard represents the biggest ever acquisition in gaming history, and among the largest in any business. Microsoft's biggest acquisition ever was LinkedIn, which it acquired in 2016 for $26.2 billion. The Activision Blizzard deal is 2.5 times bigger than that. Is it going to be boring or amazing once we're done talking about this? More good news for Xbox in their fight, and one of the outcomes that seems possible, if the US were to approve it and every other country does, does Microsoft then just have a skewed version of Game Pass and all of its services for the UK? Just does not seem good for UK gamers. It certainly seems like this deal is going to eventually get pushed to the finish line, but honestly, who knows at this point. Number 3. GTA 6 might be coming out as soon as next year. Rebecca Valentine at IGN writes, Publisher Take-Two Interactive may have just teased the release window for the next entry in the biggest gaming franchise of all time, Grand Theft Auto 6. It could be on the way as soon as next year. In a press release issued alongside its yearly earnings report, Take-Two shared projections for the coming years, including a massive projection for fiscal years 2025 and 2026. For context, fiscal 2025 will begin in April of 2024. Quote, looking ahead, fiscal 2025 is a highly anticipated year for our company. The release states, for the several years, we have been preparing our business to release an incredibly robust pipeline of projects that we believe will take our company to even greater levels of success. In fiscal 2025, we expect to enter this new era by launching several groundbreaking titles that we believe will set new standards in our industry and enable us to achieve over $8 billion in net bookings and over $1 billion in adjusted unrestricted operating cash flow. We accept to sustain this momentum by delivering even higher levels of operating results in fiscal 2026 and beyond." Unquote. While Take-Two doesn't explicitly name Grand Theft Auto here, it's hard to imagine any other franchise doing this work for them. For one, Take-Two's net bookings this fiscal year reached $5.3 billion, a record annual high. Notably, this record was reached thanks to the contributions of Zynga, which it acquired last year. Prior to this, Take-Two's regular annual net bookings were looking roughly in the $3 billion ballpark, and steadily rising. It took the acquisition of a major mobile developer to see them leap over $1 billion in the space of a single year. So to achieve a goal of $8 billion, Take-Two would need to make significant acquisitions or release nearly double the amount of games it historically has, or release at least one absolute behemoth of a game. Notably, Take-Two expects to do even better in its takings the following year, something that seems impossible without something like GTA Online built on the foundations of a brand new GTA game to propel its revenue sky high. 
It's hard to imagine any other franchise or even multiple new games combined doing these kinds of numbers. GTA 6 easily going to be the biggest video game of all time, as GTA 5 has been surpassing over 180 million units. It is still somehow going strong. And let us not forget that this originally launched on the Xbox 360. Let that sink in for a second. This game is going to be massive. I'm not a personal big fan of GTA, but I have bought the game twice, so I'm part of the problem. It is really just fun though to mess around with your friends. Number four, Overwatch 2 co-op content teased, PvE changes, and MMO aspirations further discussed. Luis Gutierrez at GameSpot writes, Blizzard has recently opened up about the cancellation of Hero Mode and has teased an unannounced co-op mode for its shooter Overwatch 2. This comes just days after it was announced that it will be scrapping its PvE Hero Mode. Thanks to a Blizzard blog post, we knew Blizzard plans to add story missions to Overwatch 2. These missions are described as fast-paced co-op gameplay as well as story, cinematics, and cutscenes that expand the world of Overwatch. The blog post also says that these missions will take place on huge maps and players will have new enemies to fight. Story missions will become available to players during Season 6. In addition to Story Mode, Blizzard talked a bit more about Hero Mode, which was a mode that would allow players to upgrade their favorite heroes via skill trees and has replayable PvE elements. From the very beginning of Overwatch, the dev team considered themselves an FPS MMO and had a crawl-walk-run plan according to Blizzard. The crawl phase was the game itself, while the walk portion was introducing PvE, and the run would be the MMO. When the game launched in 2022, the team began to talk about what the phase of their game could be. Work had started on their PvE portions of the game, but they struggled to find their footing with the hero mission experiences early on. The team had even built a hero talent, new enemies, early versions of missions. Still, as time passed, they struggled to bring together all the elements they needed to ship a polished, cohesive experience. Once the announcement was made, the dev team felt they couldn't deliver on their promise. So because of that, the decision to cancel Hero Mode was made. Even though Hero Mode is no longer a thing, the team is still working on new content, such as story missions and an unannounced co-op content. Just... stupid? Alarming? Concerning? What were they thinking with this game? This has to be one of those baffling decisions in the video game industry, at least in the last 10 years. You made Overwatch 2, which the big thing was the story mode. You now cancel that. So what again makes this Overwatch 2? Why didn't you just continue to support that original platform and make it the big games of the service as it actually is trying to be? Completely puzzling and I'll never quite understand it. Number 5. Mortal Kombat 1 DLC Combat Pack Characters Leaked by Amazon Tom West at True Achievements writes, Mortal Kombat 1 launches for Xbox Series X and S on September 19th with pre-orders going live now. However, it appears that one retailer may have spoiled one of NetherRealm's surprises early by leaking DLC characters included in the first combat pack. According to a Mortal Kombat 1 Premium Edition listing on Amazon Italy, the first combat pack for NetherRealm series reboot will include Quan Chi, Omni-Man, Ermac, and Takeda, as well as the previously leaked Homelander and Peacemaker. Additionally, five cameo fighters will be included in this pack, which will flush out the roster of partner characters that will be able to assist us in matches for expanded gameplay possibilities. The listing shows that Tremor, Jean-Claude Van Damme's Johnny Cage, Chameleon, Movado, and Farah will also be included. Mortal Kombat 1 was revealed this week and looks to reboot the Fame series when it arrives later this year. We can expect to see the return of the genre-defining story mode as well as the new cameo fighter mechanic, but cross-play and cross-progression won't be available at launch. I wanted to highlight this as I'm not personally a big Mortal Kombat fan, but clearly this game is going to be huge. The fighting game community is going to be eating very well this year with Tekken 8, Mortal Kombat 1, and Street Fighter 6. Being a big fan of the series, Omni-Man, Homelander, and Peacemaker are awesome to join Mortal Kombat. 
As always, we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox, since we're talking about NVIDIA this week. Let us do an Xbox deep dive into the specs, and let's compare the Series X, their most powerful console ever made, and the original Xbox for you tech nerds out there. The Xbox Series X, CPU, AMD Zen 8 Core, 3.8 GHz. GPU, custom RDNA 2, 1.825 GHz, 52 CUs, and 12 teraflops. For RAM, 16GB of GDDR6. The hard drive is a 1TB NVMe SSD. Optical drive, 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray. Video output, HDMI 2.1. Network, wireless, 802.11 AC and Ethernet. Now, when we go back in time to the original Xbox, the CPU, Intel Pentium 3, 733 MHz. The GPU, NVIDIA NV2NA, 233 MHz. RAM, 64 MB of DDR, SD RAM. Hard drive, 8GB of HDD. Optical drive, CD-ROM, DVD-ROM. Video output, S-Video or S-Cart RGB. Network, fast Ethernet, and audio, 5.1 surround sound stereo. Isn't it crazy how far we have come when we compare these consoles and its hardware? truly crazy thank you all for listening to the xbox and 10 podcast your weekly source of xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes if you like the show please subscribe on your favorite podcast service share with your friends leave a review and follow on all social media at xbox and 10 this past week i have not really had any time to game but i did download what i think will be my next one the big one zelda tears of the kingdom oh boy that game is about to eat all my spare time once i have a moment to breathe my name is Brian Rose. You can follow me on Xbox at Brosen93. Hope you all have a great week. Stay safe and keep on gaming.